We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. It's 21 questions presented by McAdoodles, uh, the fine folks at McAdoodles. They've been absolutely wonderful to work with. They have a store opening in Lee Summit very, very soon. We can't wait to get out there and check that out. Maybe the, maybe Maddie Lane, when he's in town in October, will get to check it out too. I'm here with Maddie Lane. We'll be answering the questions today. Matthew, hi. Hi, I, I would love to check it out when I'm back there. You know, I, I would like to get my feet in a Macadoodle. So I, I'm looking forward to this being a possibility. Um, I must say, you and I haven't done a 21 questions with each other in a while. We've kind of been on like, what? Maybe that like look? a month, right? You think so? I think it's been like a month or so. Maybe, maybe we squeezed one in there, but I think there was a gap before that because this is all I know. Craig no longer sings intros and he I says know. it's your fault. He says it's because of you. So now that it's you and I, I demand you to sing me an intro. You well, ruined I'm not. A, no, you, you are not putting me on the spot a, today. You ruined a good bit for everyone. So now you have to recover. Like you have to dig out of this hole you created. I'm not doing it. I have no desire. I did it once. It was a lot of fun. I'm good now. Uh, that This is not a me problem. I You're going to have to bring it up with Craig. And I Craig have. Is, he blames you. You you literally lit something on fire and just ran away and like with all the water pails. Well, I'm sorry, but like the pitchforks are coming. Like the for discords, you? the discord's gonna rip me to shreds for this. They are. Yeah. And by the way, all, the all, all these questions are coming from the Discord, by the way. If you uh want to ask questions on this fine show, subscribe to KCSN, uh, our Substack. Um, you get all kinds of like premium content, like all of our breakdowns, our film reviews, and all that stuff. You get access to the KCSN Discord, which is like the coolest community. It's been so much fun to be part of that community. They ask great questions. They make fun of all of us. Um, it's great. So make sure you check that out. And we're going to start getting into all the questions that we have here because we do have some good ones today. Uh, Zach, easy content. Foe McGorkin asks, what's the best plan for the O-line to stop the Bucks front seven? Check out 
the game preview edition of the Casey Laboratory <laughs> where we break all this down. Um, I mean, realistically, play better. Like, I don't know if there's a game plan. Just play better. Don't play bad. <laughs> play better. Make your blocks. <laughs> play better. That's what a what a what a elaborate answer. No, I I don't I, have a lot. Yeah, I don't. You know, you hope they're you hope they're a little bit healthier. I think that's part of it. You hope they're a little bit healthier. And yeah, they just they got to play better. Like they just they got they got bossed last week. Joel Penn be motivated. Be motivated. You know, you got motivation. Shaq Barrett gave you a lot of motivate motivation. Yeah. Use it, even if you don't play with the same level of intensity all year. But like, it's a little bit of a wake up call after playing poorly. Like maybe that's what they need. So like maybe you can fall back on that a little that a little bit. Joel Penfield asks the best way to get Sky Moore involved offensively early. I kind of talked about this a little bit on the game preview as well. Um, I think, you know, it's going to be tough sledding to run truly against this Bucks front. I think, you know, the short passing game might be a little bit of your run game. A la, and I think you might even said it like Josh Allen dropping back 70 times or whatever. It might be one of those things where the, the short passing game is your run game, you know, where you're just taking some easy completions and, and getting out on the edge. I think Sky Moore involved in some manufactured touches. Try to see him get involved a little bit like that. Um, you know, some intermediate, short to intermediate passes. Uh, I think a couple slants here or there. Try to get a little run through here because I think that's one of the things. Like he's tough in the middle of the field. He's physically tough, and I mean it's a tough, it's tough sledding to introduce him this week. But they might have to because of Marquez Valdez Scantling potentially being out too. Speaking of Marquez Valdez Scantling, Matt Matt K asks, does MVS get released in the offseason? What what was the dead cap hit on him? Because <coughs> not it's not very big. I'll look at it while you're talking. But I, I thought it. I don't think it's big, but I thought it was more than it being an insignificant amount. Like I think it was essentially. I thought it was a two year deal that you could pay your way out of. Was essentially how I looked at it in my head. So minimal. I don't think he's going to go anywhere next year because I don't know if you're going to feel good about the wide receiver room, right? Like you're got to assume that McCall Harvin is probably out next year based on everything we've seen like he's going to go look for a role in the offense that might utilize him more and what probably wants to pay him a little bit more are you really going to lose him and mvs and let's say you are lucky enough to bring back juju smith schuster for a deal you like you still have juju smith schuster and sky more your only returning receiver so i don't know i don't it seems like he's probably here for two years even though i hope that his role greatly diminishes next year so it's a four million dollar cap law hit if you cut him you could also post june one him and split that and save nine million against the cap next year so it's not it, it's not impossible to do that um but it's not like a gimme it's like it's not easy it wasn't the contract was not made with that in mind i don't think like it was not made, so designed to get out after one year it's an e it's an easiest out i think it's still early. Like I think that this group just needs to get themselves together a little bit and figure some things out. And he's then a we'll useful go player. That. He's a he's valuable player. Not, he's just not a wide receiver one B. And right now the chiefs are asking him to be that they're asking him to run a relatively full route tree and use him on routes that he's not really run a ton and green Bay or had success with. They're asking him to do more than he can do. They need to quit. Just let him be his little role player self. Maybe use sky more. And the roles that they're trying to force MVS into, there's a way to get him involved early. But I did want to answer Joel's question, actually. Best way to get Sky more involved early, put him on the field once in a while. That's, that's a start. It's not a bad idea either. Uh, sorry. Uh, Andy Nagel, what should Casey do with Chris Jones uh, and Orlando Brown? Uh, so I think just moving forward, like what, what do you look like for them beyond this year, I guess? 
find a replacement for Orlando Brown Jr. If you don't have any options, I think you just franchise tag him again next year, eat the bullet next year on that, and then that buys you an extra year to try to find a replacement that you think you'll be in a better position to get. Chris Jones, that's a tricky one. You have to look yourself in the mirror long and hard to decide, do you want to pay an older player? They don't do it. They don't like to do it. He's now going to be right on the cusp where you are going to be paying him a lot of money as an older player. Are you willing to do it? Is Chris Jones the guy that breaks that mold for you? It's going to be, if they are willing to pay old players, they should pay him. If they're not willing to pay old players, then I don't know if Chris Jones is the guy you break that kind of rule for. Hmm. Jackie Virgo, I think Matt already said the tackle position in the upcoming draft is not great. Are there any real possibilities there if Brown is giving up uh, the fourth most pressures? That is not too difficult to replace. Uh, yeah, I so the offensive line group isn't great, and I'm, this actually goes to the wide receiver group too. It's not great because there's not this top-end elite talent, but I think there is enough quality talent that hits you're going to hit at the – end of round one to the middle of round two. And that means that teams that draft in the latter half of round one might get their offensive tackle one or their offensive tackle two, despite drafting later in the draft. And still, they're not a top 10 level prospect, but you might get your favorite guy at the end of round one when the tackle class kind of looks like this, where there's no clear front runner. And it's a bunch of guys that everyone kind of likes, but you don't love. No, I think that's right. And yeah, maybe maybe they can find some you know decent value at the left tackle position in the back in around one. I think the thing that's tricky for the Chiefs, though, is do you walk into the draft with a glaring need at left tackle? I don't know if you do that. And now, right tackle. And right tackle, too. So like, I, I think that's where things get a little bit tricky for them and how they have to navigate that. I don't think you can just walk in there with such a massive glaring need that you you know, you go all the way through the through the offseason. So, okay, maybe you tag Orlando Brown and you still draft a guy and, hey, look, we're going to take our lumps. We're going to pay this guy a decent chunk of change this year. We're going to, you know, pay for the sins of how this went. Uh, or, or, you know, and hey, look, it's still a lot of time. Orlando Brown can play well. He could still play well. Like, that's still in the range of outcomes. Like, oh, come on, Maddie. It's it's still possible. I don't... Insert gif of girl drinking soda. I, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I think the, 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 the knee injury is kind of ominous though. I don't like it. I don't like it this early. Um, but I, yeah, you might have tag him and still draft his replacement. Uh, I think they did. I mean, that's kind of what they did with, uh, Brandon Albert and Eric Fisher. Eric Fisher actually played right tackle. If you remember his rookie year, I don't know if I love doing that, but it's something to at least consider, uh, there. Uh, S Wallaby 13. How surprised are you about the uh, Kelsey's podcast? Uh, did he have to get a approval from Reed to do it? Uh, is it player contracts about whether or not they're allowed to put out podcasts and other media? I don't think that there is probably any restrictions contractually on Travis Kelsey. There's probably some courtesy there. I would imagine with the coaching staff and with the team and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, like I don't think that there's any like contractual stuff as for the podcast itself. The the sound bites have been great. Like I haven't not watched a full episode, but the sound oh, no. bites have been awesome. They're making You're rounds. Like there there there's good nuggets there that you. I mean, it's a, it's a podcast worth listening to. I haven't gotten to it yet. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. That's gonna sound crazy, uh, maybe. But like, I mean, I, it's probably just because like I I do enough podcasting on the side that I don't want to listen to a bunch. But uh. I mean, it's great. It's 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 like the 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 cuts have been really nice. 
I am mildly surprised because I think this is something that I or we've talked about a little bit. Tyreek Hill clearly wanted to start a podcast. I wonder if that's a little bit of a friction thing because Andy Reid is very controlling. I'm a little I would I would have been floored if Tyreek Hill would have got to unleash on his podcast like he has with the Dolphins while on the Kansas City Chiefs with Andy Reid. I think that also goes to show though. Andy Reid has trust in Travis Kelsey. He's known him for a long time. He's seen Travis Kelsey grow as a person. He knows everything about him. He knows he can trust him to go on there and not say silly stuff. He knows they can go on there and not try to bury another team across from him like Tyreek Hill seems to be willing to do for clicks. I think he trusts Travis Kelsey not to hunt for clicks like Tyreek Hill has been doing. I know the question didn't specifically ask to compare and contrast the two, but I assume that's kind of where we're hedging here with this a little bit. I think the podcast is really good. I think the Kelsey brothers have done a great job. They're very entertaining. They're all very respectable while still giving opinions. They share a lot of good stuff. Like it's a great podcast worth listening to. It sounds like they've been trying to figure out how they can get it done for a couple of years. So I'm sure it's the relationship he has with Andy that got kind of this. Yes. Okay. Like I, there's no contractual improvement, but there's an Andy Reid improvement level factor that's there. And I think Travis Kelsey Maybe Pat and only a select another guy or two probably get it to do a podcast, especially mid-season. So I think uh, I think the conversation probably went something like, you know, hey coach, uh, hey Andy, I I want to I want to do some I want to do some some side projects, and Andy probably just says, <laughs> is it a dating show? And Travis Kelsey said no, and he's <laughs> good, good enough. <laughs> It's not you're not going back to E, are you? Okay, good. All right, fine. Whatever. Do whatever. I don't. And I'm care. sure, and I'm sure his brother being an Andy guy as well also helps. Like, right? It's like two guys that Andy has this relationship with. It's like I'm sure there's a lot that went into it, but yeah, he's probably happy. It's no longer a dating show that was terrible. It's probably pretty low maintenance too for those guys. Hey, jump on and talk to your brother for 30 minutes. Like, it's got to be easy talking, you know? Like that that can't be too too difficult. Positive and toasty. If you could pick one current player on the Buccaneers and put them on the Chiefs, who would you pick and why? Oh, Mike Evans, because he's like somehow one of the most underrated wide receivers of all time. Like his statistical profile is absolutely insane, regardless of who plays quarterback for him. And while He's not exactly a separator, so he doesn't have a completely different skill set maybe than MVS. He's just better at everything that MVS does that it doesn't matter. The weaknesses of that game don't matter because he's so much better. Like, yeah, I'd take Mike Evans in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Evans is the answer. <laughs> like, you know, uh, Tristan Wirfs wouldn't suck. Um, I don't think he'd be pick 1A, though. I mean, Chris Godwin would be decent. Is the health. I would have gone with Godwin if it wasn't for the health. Vita Vey. Vita Vey would be fun. I mean, but I'm yeah, it's it's Evans. Like that's that's the clear cut answer. Um, but Mike Denny said in before Maddie answers Tom Brady, so they don't have Tom Brady. Like, yeah, I was waiting for that, but like you've you've kind of wore no. that bit out a lot. I I yeah, and you know, I was people people keep trying to slip 21 questions in there expecting maddie answers but like this isn't this isn't where you get the maddie answers. this is me directly answering your questions i'm not trying to maddie answer you guys i'm giving you guys a truthful honest answer i save those for when kent tries to back me into a corner 
Well, and yeah, he just refuse. He tries to be as difficult as he possibly can when he backs me into it. When I back him to a corner too. Z and Dara. At this time last year, I felt the O had a plan with Mike Kafka, and Spags was on the hot seat. Now it feels like the O has no plan to introduce fresh ideas, and Spags is doing a great job with the young defense. What do you see as the long term outlook of this coaching staff? It's almost like the talent. <laughs> on either side of those two situations matters, right? Like it's yeah. almost like putting a bunch of new young talent with Spagnolo maybe makes them look better. Um, long okay. I I guess he Spagnolo is your defensive coordinator as long as he wants to be a defensive coordinator in Kansas City, right? Like I don't see Andy Reid running him out. He's easily been good enough that Andy will not run him out. Look how long it took to get Sutton out, and he wasn't near as effective. I don't believe from in terms of scheming things up and running a consistent defense. So he's going to be here as long as he wants. Does he have a different or better job come knocking? Does he want to step away? I don't know. I think it's interesting that Joe Colon was brought in. I think it's interesting the Chiefs defensive line appears to be playing a lot better right now and really taking to that coaching. I think that is something to keep your eyes on moving forward if they are to replace that side. Offensively, you know, we'll see. Just we'll see. I don't, again, I don't think somebody's going to come pulling away your offensive coordinator. I think we've done this dog and pony show for a while. Will Andy ever step away from him? I don't know. Yeah, I I don't anticipate, uh, I don't anticipate a ton of big changes. You know, I don't know if that's going to be something like, I think Spags will be here for a while. I think the, I, I think Matt Nagy's going to be around for a while too, honestly, regardless of what happens to Eric Bianami. I think Matt Nagy could be a guy that's around for quite some time here. Um, I think that's, that's definitely in the realm of possibility. I, I'd like to see some f- more fresh ideas. I like Joe Colon, I think, has been a breath of fresh air. And so maybe Joe Colon and the success it seems like they're having up front helps a little bit with how, um, you know, how this team kind of goes about looking to identify and add more more fresh ideas into this offense too because i think you want to keep pat kind of you know you want to keep pat kind of you know engaged a little bit too we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Um, does this quote worry you from JL? Uh, it's, uh, it's our buddy Charles Goldman does a wonderful job on the KCSN Substack. You get access to all of his, uh, you get access to all of his articles on KC sports network whenever you subscribe as well. Tommy Townsend said the fake punt last week was something they'd specifically been practicing for the Colts. Does this quote worry you, Matthew? Not at all. I mean, <clears throat> I think that's, if you thought, if somebody thought that that play was just called up in the dirt on the sideline based on not wanting to actually kick the field goal, then I don't know what you actually think of like Andy Reid as a coach, right? That, that would be wild. If that was the case and they decided to go with a fake over trusting Patrick Holmes, that would be absolutely wild. This is something that they have scouts. They go through, they see certain tells and formations. They anticipated the Colts. And this field goal block formation, this specific formation, maybe it's from a specific hash, maybe it's a specific distance and a specific hash that they were going to play it a certain way. They were like, hey, if we run this fake right here, it should be wide open. It didn't work. Tommy did double clutch it. I wonder if he gets the ball out to, uh, uh, who was he throwing to Noah Gray on that play on time, if maybe he has a chance, a small chance, but a chance to make it work. So, you know, I think, there's an outside chance it still could have worked like they saw something on film they wanted to attack like that's how it should go i saw some like win probability or like wait like not win probably it's like it should the what should the chiefs have kicked it there should they have not even like the analytics thought they should have kicked it there like it was like one of the most blatantly obvious like you should kick this in this situation moments they just flat out didn't trust their kicker i think the reason that they were looking to try to do that obviously because they just didn't trust their kicker and <sighs> I I get it, but situationally, it was a terrible time to try to do that. I don't think the problem is the fake. I think they probably, like when they talked, they probably said, you know what? We might need a few more fakes here. We might need to have a few more in our bag this week just in case because we don't trust our kicker. Like that's in the realm of possibilities, but I don't know. It it, it was a mess. I, I, it looked awful. Like it, it wasn't open either. Like easy, complete. Like if, if Tommy Townsend takes the awkward football, which by the way, the kicking football is a little bit different than the regular football and completes it. Like it's still probably not a first down. I think it's Noah Gray one-on-one versus somebody that he's got a step on that he's, he's got to make a miss. I agree. No, he's going to have to make a miss. And I don't know. I don't know if that's a battle that I exactly want. And I don't know if the Colts were like, hey, we don't trust your kicker from this distance. We don't think you do. Maybe we'll play it differently this time. And they showed their basic thing and they feel that I don't know how it went. Like that, you know, that I absolutely don't understand. It's just, I think what they're saying is they saw something that they thought they could exploit. They got the look they wanted. They tried it. It didn't work. It is what it is. Uh, WBRG, Wooberg. I don't, I, I'm sorry if I'm butchering this, but does Watts Island have another visitor in Mike Evans or are we in for a rude awakening? And do you think Chris Jones can get him ejected after whispering, whisper, can get ejected after whispering sweet nothings to Brady all game? Um, yeah, I think, I think Mike Evans will take his chances at, Jalen Watson, and you know, you're probably like you got with Alec Pierce, but maybe even more so gonna win some, gonna lose some. Um, you just hope you hope that he competes, you hope that he goes out there and just doesn't get 
uh, Charvarius Ward versus Jamar Chase, right? If it's not that, then I think you're probably feeling pretty decent about it, as long as he's competitive. That said, I'm pretty sure the last time these two teams played, did Mike? I think Mike Evans was beating up on uh, Rashad Fenton a little bit. I think Rashad Fenton played in that game. I think Mike Evans is beating up on him too. I wouldn't. Uh, Mike Williams obviously has beat up on him too. I would not be surprised if that is the matchup the Buccaneers go hunting for yeah. at least early in the game. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, and like Mike Evans is just, is, he's going to get his man. Like that's part of the deal. Like he's going to get his. So uh, that's just, you got to live with it a little bit. It's good for Jalen Watson to continue to get battle tested though. I don't like, I don't hate that a little bit. Like I'm, I, I'm, I told, I said this at the beginning of the year. I, with this season, it's just different mentality for me. They're not hanging on to an older core. They're starting with a new core. So it's like, there's a lot of fascination and curiosity and excited to see this growth. And like, and I'll, I'll get it. I'll get to this question from Ross right here. He's the, the young defense is ahead of schedule. I agree. Um, Ross Sawyer, the young defense uh, is ahead of schedule. Uh, the young offense is non-existent. Is Andy even more conservative with rookies than Spags? That's a great question. Okay, so everyone likes to point to Tyree Kill and even a little bit McCall Hardman in terms of rookie usage, especially at wide receivers, for being, you know, a little hesitant to put them out there on the field. I counter with neither were very good receivers in during the NFL. One, neither one of them played wide receiver for more than two years. Mm. McCall Hardman switched from corner to wide receiver for his last two years at Georgia. Tyreek Hill played running back at, at Oklahoma State, then had to transfer, and he still played mostly running back or essentially just as an offensive weapon. So, like, though I don't think those are great comparisons. And you go back and look, Lucas Niang in his first season as a rookie got a chance to compete for a starting job. He 100% had a chance. Creed Humphrey started. Trey Smith started. Um, you keep kind of going through the line on some of these guys in the offense. It, yes, Kareem Hunt, when he was here, it took a couple injuries, but he was in the mix. Like, they are not that Clyde Edwards Elair. They are not really that picky. Andy's not that picky over playing rookies. I think the bigger concern, and I assume a lot of this is going towards Sky Moore not playing. It's wide receivers and Andy Reid's system. There is something there to that. When the talent is evident, though, he has played them. So does that make me slightly nervous for Sky Moore going forward? Yeah, maybe. The fact that he doesn't isn't deemed talented enough to be put on the field so far is slightly, you know, it's getting me on my making me a little nervous at this point. Yeah, but yeah, think about Creed, think about Trey, think about Kareem Hunt. Like they got those guys early, and when they kind of busted the door open, they just they wrote them. And I mean, Kareem Hunt's breakout game was game one for, of his rookie year. So, um, all right, B Higgs fifty five is wide receiver or offensive tackle on your offseason priority list right now wide receiver because right mm, mm -hmm. it's difficult yeah that's yeah, a good yeah. yeah this is difficult because here's the thing i think if you bring orlando brown jr back you feel you have to feel confident enough that he is going to be closer to what he was down the stretch last year than what he's shown so far so if you go that route if you feel that way and go that route then I think you are okay waiting on offensive tackle and addressing other positions first. The issue is, I don't know how you feel that way based on what you've seen. So, you know, I personally would not be looking to bring him back. I would not be banging the table to bring him back. And then, yes, you probably have to go get an offensive tackle first. But I look at this receiver room. We just talked about it. I'm nervous that Sky Moore is not talented enough to beat out some of the wide receiver play that we've seen so far. I don't think a wide receiver room of Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, and Justin Watson 
is that good. I've removed McCall Hardman because I think he's going to, you know, not be a chief next year. So though, if those are your top three wide receivers heading into next year, what they've been so far this year, and that's assuming you get assigned Juju back. I don't know. That's bad. That's bad. I don't see anybody that wins easy. It's that is all a dog fight for all of those guys to win. That's, that's rough. Juju pacing for a thousand yards receiving, by the way. Uh, yeah. I think almost, close to 1100. Uh, he, he might get paid. He might get paid. Like Chief should be the team to do it. Probably. Uh, I agree. It, it's a tough question. I, it's worth like, and I, I, he, I know we both kind of waffled on it. It's still early. It's three games in. We've seen three games, and on paper right now, it's probably wide receiver. But I think I'm concerned about where the the tackle situation is right now. I'm just really concerned about the tackle situation. And I mean, Orlando, I mean, obviously it's a knee, but like, Hey, guess what? If Orlando Brown has a lingering knee issue all year, then that takes into consideration your long-term look at him. Like, sorry, I know it sucks, but like if he plays like this and he plays with a, with a hurt knee all season, and this is what you get out of him, I'm not paying him. I won't, I don't want him to pay and you shouldn't pay him what you were going to offer him the year before. So yeah, it's, Wide receiver, offensive tackle are probably the two biggest needs, though. Like, you're going to see draft picks for both of them, I think. I think defensive end as well. But I think that's one they should just pay. I think that's where they spend money this offseason, which if you're going to spend money at defensive end, are you really going to be able to spend it off for Orlando Brown as well? Eh, that's where I don't know. So, yeah, I mean, maybe that's why. Maybe that's another feather in the cap for offensive tackle, too, is I don't know if you have the money to spend on both, but it's tough. Big needs, both big needs, big needs. Keith McLean kind of just following up more on Sky Moore. What do you think the reason is for us having seen so little of Sky and offense through three games? Somebody doesn't trust him. Um, I don't know who that is. I don't know if it's Andy Reid, Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy, Matt Nagy, whoever. Um, the, who's the wide receiver coach right now? Um, says the B, right? Joy, Joey Blaymeyer. Yeah, somebody doesn't trust him because you when you go look and see when his snaps come, they are on early downs, and a lot of them are run plays. I I be, I'm leaning towards a lot of them are RPOs. I have not got a double check yet, but they're early down plays. They're not called just direct drop back plays. He's not getting high leverage snaps. He's not getting snaps that are high leverage passing situations. Somebody does not necessarily trust him to do what they want on those particular plays, whether that is a lack of trust is earned, whether it's like well-placed or whether it's somebody just, you know, wanting the young guy to prove a little bit more. Like we won't know until we get to see it, but like somebody out there, the snap counts, even when he does get them, the few that he gets when he gets them, look when they're coming, look what the Chiefs are doing. He's not involved in high leverage plays at all, especially high leverage passing plays. He's just not. That tells you all you need to know about the fact that there's somebody somewhere that doesn't trust him to be there in those situations. Captain Denny, Mike Denny, <laughs> he's being cheeky. Are we going to be bad? Are, are we going to be the bad guys Sunday night because the country is rallying around Florida due to Hurricane Ian? I don't want to answer that question. I get it. <laughs> I'm mean, like, like, I don't want to answer the question. Like, I get the question. I don't want to answer it. I don't think we're going to be the bad guys. And it's just, you know. <clears throat> Counterpoint. What? Chiefs are the bad guys. I saw this tweet. God, I wish I remember who tweeted it out. But somebody tweeted out that I think that it's funny that the moment that Tom Brady left, 
the New England Patriots, the Chiefs became the bad guys of the NFL or the most hated team. It's and the Twitter account is crushing Natty. I believe he's a Patriots fan, but I think a lot of Chiefs fans might know him and follow him on Twitter. But he had a tweet a while back that it was just he just found it funny that the moment Tom Brady left the AFC, all of a sudden everybody flipped and now and immediately hated the Chiefs and wanted every other team to beat the Chiefs and they were tired of the Chiefs the second Tom Brady left the Patriots. I think the Chiefs are the bad guys in nine out of ten games they play. I think the Chiefs are the bad guys in 19 out of 20 games they play. They are very rarely the good guys in the national media world for whatever reason. It's kind of funny that that's the case, but they are. So, yeah, I think they will be the bad guys of this game. And I do think something like rallying around Tampa is probably going to have a little bit to do with some media narrative. I don't think they're anti. I don't think people are anti Mahomes either. Like, that's what's so weird. It's like they're anti Chiefs, but I don't think I don't think a lot of people are anti Mahomes. Uh, Fish asks, presuming we don't have Andy Reid for the rest of Mahomes' career, what approach do you want to see the Chiefs take regarding the Chiefs coaching staff long-term as far as, I'm assuming, as far as the head coaching stuff is concerned? Sean Payton. That's what I want to see. I mean, yes. I w- that would be fun. Sean Payton there's apparently only, loves Mahomes. There's only one other head coach that I've ever seen get as excited about Patrick Mahomes as Andy Reid does, and his name is Sean Payton. He just also happens to be one of the other best NFL offensive minds over the past three decades or whatever. Um, yep. Realistically, I would like to see the Chiefs get in younger offensive minded head coaches that are willing to push the envelope like you've seen with some of the younger NFL coaches coming to the NFL. I don't think that Patrick Mahomes needs to be saddled to just guys from Andy Reid's system for his entire career to guys that do things a little bit of the older way. I mean, like Andy's done a great job adapting as time's going on. Don't get me wrong, but there's still some of that traditionalist in a lot of what he does. And I think you see it with EB, with Matt Nagy, with guys that come from his system. I would like to see somebody that is going to maybe branch away from that a little bit, be one of these younger, cockier kind of offensive minded coaches to be there with Patrick Mahomes once he gets to that point where he is the veteran. That's just the personal preference in the way that I would like to see them go for it. It's going to be Liam Cohen in a few years. I wish. Yeah. That's been 21 questions. Thank you guys so much for listening, watching, supporting. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. We appreciate you, and we'll catch you later.